You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today on a Thursday morning. Great to be back on Brave the Wild talking some hockey with you. The last uh, three games, how many starts does Alex Daylock get? Zero. Ah, come on! <laughs> and no, it's not the end of the world. And no, it's not the it's not Devin Dubnik's fault that the Wild ended up going one and two. Unfortunately, the Wild unable to get victory over Toronto, which I predicted. But yeah, well, can we blame Nick Steelers back? No, we can't blame Nick Steelers back for that one either. It's just bad luck, I guess. And I don't know. Um, the Minnesota Wild played significantly better hockey in all three games. That's the good part. Unbelievable scoring chances. The top line, as we would like to call it, I would think it's the top line, right? <laughs> the Stahl, Granlin, and Zucker line played downright fantastic the entire time. And man, I love when those guys play together because when they're playing well, they are the best. I mean, that is the best line I've seen. Um, we, we, we've had some great ones in the past, say Koivu, Granlin, Zucker, stuff like that. That's been a spectacular line, but Stahl, Granlin, Zucker is even better. It is great. Uh, obviously, the Koivu, Parisi, Need a writer at times line. <laughs> I guess need a writer still on that line at times. Sometimes he's down on the fourth. He's up. He's down. He's here. He's there. Um, Jordan Greenway is getting significantly better. He's making strides forward, and it's exciting to see. You, got a, you saw a great play against uh, Toronto during the week. Uh, wow. Very impressed with Jordan Greenway. So we'll talk more and more with him. He's starting to show signs, and that's great. So let's get to the three games. Three games to review, three games to preview. Again, the Wild 1-2 and two this week. We'll see what happens. All Canadian games next week, which I'm looking forward to. I love Canadian hockey. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's what it's all about. And of course, it'll be four games in a row total when you think about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, actually, yeah. Five games in a row. Sorry, Toronto Maple Leafs all the way up to Montreal. Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal. So, yeah, now that I got that out of the way, let's talk about the gritty, tough team that's deep. And, I don't know, they're a whew, they're a headache to play against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Are they similar to the Winnipeg Jets and the National Predators? Yes. I think they are very similar to those two teams, actually, in a lot of ways. Kind of gritty, lots of scores, good goaltending. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the whole nine yards, so to speak. At Columbus, Ohio, we wrap up the month of November. Unfortunately, a 4-2 loss for the Minnesota Wild. Just ultimately not the not a good game for Minnesota in terms of just Columbus outplayed us. Uh, we scored early, which felt great. Mikhail Granlin able to finish from the uh, Eric Stahl feed. That was a, a great feeling. We won't see Granlin score anymore, but he'll be setting other players up, namely Zucker, with some great passes. Again, the, the line was great uh, throughout the whole week. Then things just kind of went the way they did. Minnesota kind of ran into a buzzsaw. 
Again, several scoring chances, but Bobrovsky would stop just about everything except near the end there when Parisi was able to wrap it in there. Uh, his 12th goal of the season. Quavo Niederreiter has, yes, that's been the line. Ultimately, though, Cam Atkinson scoring on the power play. Almost nothing you could do about that. A beautiful one-timer. <laughs> Hannikin. Ugh, Hannikin. They, they call him Hanny Man, I guess, in Columbus. Whatever they call him, well, it just kind of was what it was. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there are good plays by Columbus. I, I'm not really mad at Dubnik. I'm not mad at the Minnesota Wild. It's frustrating at times, though, some of these shots. I don't know. You, you think you can get them, but just sometimes it's just, I mean, you know, sometimes it's just not meant to be. The Riley Nash goal was, was the most frustrating. Uh, he was kind of left alone, and it was just a, just, he just tipped the pass from Wierenski, ultimately passed Dubnik. That was the worst goal of the game. Artemi Panarin, that was the best goal of the game in terms of the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. It's probably the best overall goal of the game. The way he just kind of was patient and was able to flip it past Dubnik, left shoulder. Uh, that was a good one. Seventh goal of the season for Panarin, who ends up generally having more assists than goals throughout the season. But, uh, wow, hell of a play. And Nashville just kind of beat the Wild in this one. Um, I like the way the Wild showed up in this game. They played hard, this and that. They got lots of scoring chances. Bravowski was just better, and I don't know. I mean, this is one of those kind of games you just kind of say, it kind of is what it is type of thing, and and I don't know. I mean, we, we, we never win there. They're a very good team. You wish the Wild could overcome this, but they didn't, and that's basically all there is to say. Uh, Columbus 4-2 victory over Minnesota, and ironically, at the end of the week, at this stage, both teams have the same record again, which is kind of funny. So Columbus suffering a couple of losses along with the Wild this past week. And we're talking the exact same record. As two clubs came in with the same record in the game, they come out with the same record after the game. Unfortunately, Minnesota's all the way down into the wild card range now, which really sucks. Uh, so much for so much for home ice advantage in the first round, but we'll see. Long season to go, and it just kind of is what it is. So now we'll try to step forward slowly into Toronto, is now we got to move over to the month of December, which is, well, I love December. I love December hockey. The Christmas lights, and watching hockey at the same time, is, uh, there's something special about that. I just love this time of year so much. Uh, I like that it's cold out. I like that I'm seeing some snow flurries, despite a little bit of blue sky poking through. It doesn't get better than this. It, it really doesn't. I love winter. I love hockey, and, and it just... And, you know, the Christmas season and all that. I'm glad it isn't one of those Seattle-type Christmases like we had a few years back where it was just foggy and misty and above freezing, and that was just lame. I don't know why you want a muddy Christmas, but some people do because they just hate the cold. Well, if you hate the cold, you're not going to like hockey. <laughs> or the city of Toronto, at least this time of year. Toronto Maple Leafs come to Excel Energy Center Saturday, the 1st of December, Extremely fun game, fast-paced hockey, and of course one of the best stars in the game, the rising stars, and already a star, his 13th goal of the season, pretty early in the game, in the first period, you just knew Austin Matthews would find the back of the net somehow, someway, and yes, Dubnik in net, and Dubnik was not bad in this game, there was a lot of horrible puck luck in this one, and it just drove you nuts, especially a certain guy by the name of Tyler Ennison, God bless him, he's a nice guy, Edmonton, Alberta native, Best friend to uh, Jared Spurgeon, who I just, you know, I just love Jared Spurgeon. Wonderful player. Edmonton, Alberta, of course. They grew up together. Literally best friends. Not just like they just happen to know each other, but we'll, we'll call them best friends. Now, it's a true story. Um, that Mitchell Warner, Morgan Riley, Austin Matthews line is one of the best in hockey. And that's why the Toronto Maple Leafs are a Stanley Cup contender in my uh, point of view. Especially with Frederick Anderson after a mediocre start to the season. Really starting to come around here. And obviously, he's going to want to play this way 
come April, May, June, of course, if the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to make any type of a run, because we've seen Dubnik have beautiful months of December and all that, and January, and even into February, and then there's that drop-off because they put him in too much. Um, common sense, I mean, sometimes you got to give the guy a break, regardless. I mean, the competitive edge, keep him going, keep him going, come on, keep him going. He wants in, he wants in, and we want him in because he's just so awesome. But Stalock is an extremely reliable backup, and he actually does some pretty special things that other goalies don't do. And I don't know. I, If you think I'm up here just bashing Dubnik and I'm turning on him, you're wrong. Okay? Um, sometimes goalies need a break. That's common sense, and you haven't been watching the Wild the last five years or so when there's that drop-off because you overly rely on Dubnik. You have to give him rest, mental rest, physical rest. And you know what? Sometimes it might be good to piss the guy off a little bit in terms of, hey... Hey, he hasn't been he hasn't been in between the nets in two games. What the hell? Or maybe two out of the last four games. What the hell? Oh boy, let's get that competitive edge going. That type of thing, the mental rest and all that. It would help him very much. And obviously, you know, you don't ever want an injury to happen. That's for damn sure, because that would be much worse. Um, sure, it'd be it'd be some mental rest, but the physical part would not be a good thing. Obviously, because you never know what type of injury it would be and how long it would linger. That'd be pretty brutal for any uh, NHL team to lose their starting goalie. Just look at the LA Kings, but Jonathan Quick is back. <laughs> and, and those of you that were lucky enough to scoop him on your fantasy team, wow. That's, uh, a, that's a big deal. Um, where am I going with this? I don't know. Just the fact that I think Dubnik needs more nights off than he gets. And I don't know. I think just riding him out, riding him out as if we're in a Stanley Cup run right now is not the best choice. I love Bruce Boudreau. He's my favorite wild coach of all time. Second place, uh, Jacques Lemaire. <laughs> Obviously, those are the two most established coaches. The rest of them are what they are. Mike Yo, I think, deserves more credit than he gets. Uh, but I don't know. I'd rather see uh, Stalock get some time in that. Hopefully he does sometime this week. We'll see. We'll see. It shouldn't only be back-to-back situations for him to get time in the net. Uh, again, though, Austin Matthews is the great play and all that. And then things went really pear-shaped. Uh, Tyler Ennis just kind of flinging the puck towards the net, which which is what you're supposed to do. Mostly almost trying to center the pass for someone else. And then ultimately it just goes right off the back of uh, Nick Sealer and into the back of the net. And it's just a look on Tyler Ennis' face like, oh, all right, hey, I like this. <laughs> I'll take it any time, basically. Yeah, it was just like, oh, really? For real? Is, is this for real or is this just a joke? It was a joke, but it went, but it counted. Fourth goal of the year, Eric Stahl, again, that top line for Minnesota, getting the job done. Stahl, Granlin, and Zucker. Zucker ultimately not getting an assist on this play. Stahl ended up finishing kind of uh, from the uh, from the far point there. Tenth goal of the season from Eric, for Eric Stahl. He had to like that. And then you saw Greenway going up the ice. Great pass by uh, Yule Erickson, that kind of waiting patiently. Timing the play, beautiful pass, and Greenway finishing on a rifle, his fourth goal of the season, and Yule Erickson Eck with his third assist. And that was, that's beautiful to see. Hopefully these guys can, can, can get can generate more and more offense. They play well together, obviously. they got the physicality uh, growing from Greenway, and more confidence and all that. His fourth goal, ultimately, of the year. Erickson Eck, you know the skill is there. It's there. He's had scoring chances. And the, the passing is there as well, obviously. And he's probably, again, last season... When you look at all the analytics and all that stuff, which, you know, I, I think it's worth a subscription to, so to speak. 
Bueller Sinek was the best defensive player on the Minnesota Wild last season, and uh, I don't think that's really changed all that much this year. He's, he's you know, he's not perfect, but he's had some great runs. Bueller um, Sinek, uh, again, I mean, when you start seeing some offense from the guy, his value is going to really, really skyrocket for Minnesota long-term as the third-line center at the very least, hopefully second-line someday, but you got to get that scoring up if you're going to get on the second line because, well, duh, it's a scoring line. Right now, the checking line will do. And if you can be a nice scoring checking line, well, you got yourself a pretty good hockey team, kind of like Columbus and, and, and Nashville and Winnipeg, teams like that. The Zach Hyman goal, I didn't feel too good about that one, but, I mean, I don't know, the same type of situation there. Uh, just kind of leaves you feeling crappy. The final one, of course, again, the empty netter. Gosh, I don't know. That was embarrassing. Suter looked pretty bad there, and he got pushed away, basically. <sighs> got manhandled by Zach Hyman. Of course, there's the angles and all that, the momentum. That, that's obviously a huge thing in hockey. Of course, you're going one way, one guy's going the other. It's not the easiest thing to just uh, turn around, and that's kind of how things went there. <sighs> Zucker ended up finishing his eighth goal of the season. He would have a huge week, by the way, as we continue to move forward. Uh, he had a multi-goal game against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Kadri getting his eighth goal. Hyman, again, the empty netter. So he ended up with two uh, six goals on the season, did Hyman. Uh, Zucker, you know, at this point, Zucker's scoring had been pretty mediocre at best. But uh, you're going to see production from Zucker now, and that's good as the guys just all start to play better. Mikhail Granlin adding his 15th assist. Um, again, so many scoring chances for this line in this game, though. I mean, Eric Stahl could have had a hat trick in this game, but uh, Frederick Anderson was solid down the stretch, despite giving up three goals, but he faced some pretty damn good scoring chances. Minnesota able to finish on three of them, ultimately 41 shots for Minnesota on Frederick Anderson, who, again, was borderline lights out in the game, and, ah, the Wild could have won this game. It would have been a high-scoring mess of a game, but then again, the Wild easily could have won this game, if not for a couple of lucky bounces and bad puck luck uh, and all that. Uh, Good lucky bounces for Toronto, anyway. Off of Sealer twice, the poor guy. We love Sealer. He's one of the best defensemen on this team, defensive defensemen and all that, but just some bad puck luck there, and it's unfortunate. It's like... What the hell can you do? You know, it's one of those type of moments. Um, Minnesota played awesome, but ultimately does not come out with the win against the Toronto Maple Leafs on the 1st of December. Ah, fun game, though. Fun, fun game. It's just unfortunate. Stupid, stupid bounces of the puck. December the 4th, as we wrap up the review segment, Vancouver, British Columbia. Whew, not easy. Not, I mean, this was not an easy game. The, The start of the game was not so great. Again, I mean, it's just Vancouver kind of came out firing. They wanted to end their losing streak. They looked like the better team for a little while, but obviously down the stretch, Minnesota ended up playing a bit better. And you felt a little hope with Anders Nielsen in that. God bless him. He's supposed to be the number one goalie for Vancouver, but this year, Anders Nielsen anyway, supposed to be the best goalie for Vancouver, but he hasn't been. I mean, Jacob Markstrom the last few years has been the better goalie. And obviously, poor Bachman has kind of been left out. was hung out to dry against Minnesota in the XL Energy Center a couple weeks back. That's 6-2 to two, uh, thrashing for Minnesota. Um, that was fun for us. <clears throat> but ultimately, again, kind of a kind of a weird start to the game. It didn't feel so great early on. I wouldn't say they were the best goals ever, but certainly not the worst. Doomna kind of honed in down the stretch. That early goal by Vancouver left you thinking, you've got to be kidding me. We're going to lose to Vancouver, aren't we? Levo, Levo, fifth goal of the season. But then Parisi with a beautiful wraparound on Nielsen about five minutes later. And then you felt hope. You felt so much better. And Vancouver ultimately getting the lead back. And you're just thinking, oh, man, that was a, 
quite disappointing at the end of the day. Huh. I'm seeing things change here again. What the heck? I'm going crazy when I look at this. They gave it to Zucker and they took it away and they gave it to him and took it away. That's kind of funny, but we'll leave that alone. So ultimately the Suter goal was, well, it ultimately did end up being a Suter goal. They had it for Suter, gave it to Zucker, and gave it back to Suter. So, okay, that's how things go there, I guess. At the end of the day, yep, Zucker stuck at nine. So again, okay, nine goals, nine assists. But again, that line playing spectacularly. He could have probably ten more assists if a, you know <laughs> the way that the way he's played the last week or so. Uh, Zucker on some of those stall opportunities. Of course, Granlin again leading the way nicely. Now he's building a sizable lead on the rest of the club, if you can believe that. Um, Granlin very solid in this game. He seems to always play well against the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Of course, his younger brother Marcus Granlin on the other. You know, on the other side there. A couple of assists for Granlin again during this power play, uh, during the power play in the game. All Minnesota Wild goals were on the power play. Beautiful one-timer. A couple of setups to Zucker that ultimately finished on this one. This one was just a little bit better than the previous two or three there uh, on the power play. This team setting each other up again. The top line and the top power play line right now. I mean, these guys belong together, whether it's the power play or 5-on-5. Five five. I mean, they're spectacular together. Uh, the Suter goal was actually on a 5-on-3 situation. So just a golden opportunity for Minnesota to tie the game up after that frustrating Tyler Mott goal. It felt so great. And, well, there it was. A Suter again doing what, doing what you do. You put the puck on net. I thought Zucker did deflect it. You could see it, but I guess... They say he didn't? I, I don't know. So that's just kind of how it is. They keep changing it back and forth. It drives you crazy. Ultimately, Suter with the goal on that to tie it up. And then just moments later, literally just moments later, Minnesota again still on the power play. This is why. And this is called taking advantage of an opportunity. Uh, a 5-on-3, you get the Suter goal. And then just moments later, still on the 5-on-4 on the, on the power play, Zucker again, that beautiful one-timer. Both teams would have several chances down the stretch. And Dubnik ultimately slamming the door on Vancouver for the next, literally pretty much the next, uh, well, the rest of the game into the third period, the rest of the second period, which wasn't too much more, about five minutes remaining through the rest of the uh, the rest of the game. Devin Dubnik slammed the door on Vancouver and had a two-goal game, so great. There was no empty net. The Wild would have a couple chances, but not really. Uh, that was the unfortunate part. It just kind of is what it is there. Uh <laughs> But uh, nice, nice, feel- nice feeling to come out of Vancouver with the win. This game could have gone the other way pretty quickly. But again, Devin Dubnik really kind of honing in and uh, digging deep and getting the job done down the stretch. And it felt really good. And I'm sure just a nice mental victory for Devin Dubnik. Mental victory. And again, I guess that's who's probably going to be in net tonight against Calgary. I mean, probably a 99% chance just because that's how we roll at this stage. Uh, nice overall solid finish again for Devin Dubnik in the game. 3-2 to two victory. Minnesota, as you kind of want to bounce around, look at the standings a bit, see how things are holding up. As Minnesota, again, sizable lead over Chicago, but that's not saying much. Nine-point lead over the Chicago Blackhawks. They're only 9-15. St. Louis is one point even worse. Again, the fired Mike Yo. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks, let's leave that alone. Of course, they fired their coach, Shaw. Uh, Joel Quinville, which was quite surprising, even though that team is way down there. They're a minus 29, which is about as bad as it gets. Worse than the Western Conference. Minnesota, plus 8 on the season. Fifth place, but only one point behind Dallas. Frickin' Dallas. Frickin' Dallas has passed Minnesota. But Minnesota's got a game in hand, as that's always our little excuse. We got games in hand. Well, I'm glad we do. 
then win them, damn it. And we got to play a first place team tonight in Calgary. Woo. Crazy. Well, they're four points ahead of Minnesota. First place in the Pacific Division. Anaheim's ahead of Minnesota right now. San Jose Sharks are a point ahead, which isn't too surprising. And the Vegas Golden Knights, I'm telling you, watch out for the Vegas Golden Knights. 7-3 and three in their last 10. 7-3-0. and oh. Watch out for the Golden Knights. They are, they are moving up, ladies and gentlemen. Minnesota Wild dangling in that wild card position. One point ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights, two points ahead of Edmonton, and even the Arizona Coyotes, who, well, they'd have a tiebreaker over us right now. Four points behind Minnesota. I don't think Arizona's going to catch us, but they have a winning record. So the Arizona loss not looking as bad as it did. But um, the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, after that awful, hor- horrific start, they're they're back a little bit. They're not as good as last year yet, but they're, you know, they're they're creeping up. It's amazing how things can change so quickly. Just a couple of losses here and there. Just imagine you beat Toronto. There you go, 34 points. You'd still be in the wild card, but you'd have the top wild card, I guess, and only two points in Winnipeg. And we knew they were going to come around. They've won four in a row. Anaheim's won five in a row. Calgary's dazzling right now, 7-2-1. and one. Um, So Colorado's only lost one out of their last 10. Two uh, overtime losses, per se. One regulation loss. Colorado, second place in the Central and second place in the Western Conference. Uh, I just, man, it sucks seeing Colorado being good again, but I guess you kind of saw it coming. The way they would light up the Minnesota Wild, you figure this is a pretty damn good hockey team. And they are. Uh, Toronto is outstanding. They're the second best team in the entire NHL. Tampa Bay, number one in hockey with 43 points. So, whew, yeah, yeah, some good hockey teams out there, obviously. Don't be surprised, Toronto-Tampa. And I actually picked that, if I remember correctly, Toronto and Tampa in the Eastern Conference Final. I think that is what's going to happen. Tampa Bay ultimately winning the Cup, I think. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. It's going to be tough. I would not be surprised if Calgary got to the West Finals, and I kind of hope they do. If it's not us, I hope it's Calgary. Um, if it is us, that's much better. Forget about Calgary then. I mean, I'd, let's sweep the Flames if we play them in the playoffs. But we'll just let cross that bridge when we get there. Let's uh, do a quick, uh, let's pass out the awards for this week. The Mike Madonna Award for this past week. Does it go to Eric Stahl uh, or Zucker or Granlin, or does it go to all three of them? Oh, boy. I kind of want to give it to that whole group because they've just been phenomenal. I don't really want to single out one guy. Um, the Mike Madonna slash Neil Broughton Award for this past week is going to be the entire uh, Stahl, Granlin, Zucker line, the top line for Minnesota there. Um, James Shepard Memorial, uh, Memorial. I don't want to give it to Sealer. I, I don't think... It's just bad luck. What, what do you do? Bad puck luck, this and that. Nobody was that awful this week. It's just in general, the bad puck luck, this and that. I mean, there were, there were bad moments here and there, of course. It's strange. Some of the decisions here and there. And, of course, uh, Suter still not... Uh, Suter still not pairing back with Dumba again. Uh, they, they've not... Uh, Pudro has not put uh, Suter and Dumba back together. Since then, you've seen Dumba actually play on the left side on occasion with Spurgeon. Looks kind of weird out there. So, but he scored. Uh, he ultimately ended up putting the Wild back in the mix uh, in one of the games. Ultimately led to one of the goals. Anyway, if I remember, it was one of Parisi's goals. Dumba getting an assist along the way there. Uh, Granlin just flat out leading the way with 28 points. Five ahead of Parisi was second. That's pretty incredible. How uh, Granlin's really becoming something right now. He's an he's an 80 plus point guy as long as he stays healthy. A very strong week or so for Spurgeon as well. He's been tacking on the points. He'd been quiet for the longest time. Stuck at 10. Now he's at 15. He's on a nice uh, week in the uh, offensive side. Niederreiter continues to be invisible. Coyle continues to be invisible. 
Let's just give it to Niederreiter because he's been basically invisible. He did add one assist this past week, but I'm not happy with him. Uh, Coyle looked better than Niederreiter, I think. I think Coyle does more of the little things than Niederreiter does, so Niederreiter should get the James Shepard Memorial. And right now, I think he's the leading candidate for it on, on the season, unfortunately for him. Uh, I can't give it to Sealer because that's bad puck luck, so... Maybe a little better positioning. I don't know. I mean, whatever, you know. I don't know. Whatever. whatever. It, it is what it is. So with that, we'll take a quick break. We'll preview the, the three games coming up and look into the prospects some more in segment number two. the Wild. Segment number two, we're going to preview three games, all against Canadian teams. A couple of the uh, Alberta two-step here coming up. It's going to be a back-to-back, so we will see Stalock in one of these games. The Alberta two-step, Calgary and Edmonton, and then come back on Tuesday to play against Carey Price and the every under ever underachieving Montreal Canadiens, though. They're scoring goals, but giving up quite a few, like always, all of a sudden. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get there. And, of course, we'll end the show with the prospects like we usually do and the contact details and all that good stuff. So, Thursday, December the 6th, Minnesota takes on my second favorite team, the Calgary Flames, first-place club in the Pacific Division, which will be hosting the Seattle somethings, the Seattle Sockeyes, the Seattle Rainforests. I don't know. Sockeyes is one of the top possibilities. I forget what the other one was. It was kind of weird. But uh, we will welcome the Seattle somethings to the NHL. So they will be starting play in 2021-22. So basically 2021 is when they'll be starting play. And the team that will even things out. So you'll have eight teams in both divisions at this stage, or at that stage anyway. The Arizona Coyotes will be coming to the Central Division. So we'll be welcoming Arizona to our division. That'll be very interesting. Just like maybe someday the Arizona Sun Devils will be joining the Big Ten in uh, college hockey. Ah, go for hockey. Well, at least they got to overtime twice against Ohio State, and they lost. We'll talk about that, kind of semi-talk about it a little bit in the next segment. And give a shout-out to GPL. (laughs) Yep, go for Puck Live uh, podcast. Wonderful show there. Um, Calgary Flames, first place, Central... No, just kidding, Pacific Division. David Riddich has been the goalie because Mike Smith has just gone off the face of the earth, and that's just kind of how it goes. He has not had a good season. David Riddich has emerged very, very, very nicely for the Calgary Flames. Uh, and sometimes you just, you know, sometimes you get lucky, and that's how it goes. Obviously, Calgary's got all the scoring. They've struggled in that for a long time, like Brian Elliott. You figure that's a very good goalie coming from St. Louis, kind of like Carter Hutton came from St. Louis, goes to Buffalo. Look at Buffalo now. And, of course, their backup goalie, Linus Allmark, also been fantastic. Buffalo's a beautiful story. Mike Smith from Arizona. He was actually the older Dubnik, you could say, in Arizona a few years ago. Comes to uh, Calgary. Had a pretty good season last year, but just generally seeking the team underachieved. This year, you got David Riddich kind of uh, just stepping up as a backup. And now, ultimately, he's been getting the time between the pipes and well-deserved. Uh, Mike Smith has been just horrendous. Uh, still a 9-7 and seven record because the team was scoring so much. They're one of the best. This is they're, they're getting to be like Toronto almost in the scoring side. Fourth in the league in scoring. Twelfth again, twelfth and against, thanks to David Riddich. Before that, not really. Tenth best power flight. Twenty-fifth best penalty kill. So, 
if you can get on the power play against Calgary, you, you, you got yourself a shot there. You got yourself a shot. This is not going to be an easy game. Minnesota has stunk against Calgary for a long time. Uh, a couple of good games last year, but two years ago, when Minnesota was fantastic, Boudreaux's first year, there was one team we stunk, stunk, stunk against, and that was the Calgary Flames. And I don't know, we, we don't win in, in there very much. We win in Calgary when it's a really slow, uh, low-scoring game, but when Calgary starts scoring... It's kind of game over, and I I, I don't know. Um, you got Monahan, all these stars. Uh, Goudreau, Johnny Goudreau is obviously the top player. He's leading the club in scoring, but Monahan's the best goal scorer. And if Calgary scores, it's probably going to be Monahan. <laughs> I got to think Matthews the Chuck, who likes to mix it up in a big way, similar to his father Keith the Chuck. But I think Matthew the Chuck might end up having a better career if he keeps it up. Uh, he's got a very bright future. Elias Lindholm was a wonderful addition, and Mark Giordano, who started last year extremely slow, defenseman. Last year, he had about eight points this time of year. This year, 27 points. 27 points for Mark Giordano, just dominating um, 10 power play assists on the year. Power play quarterback, uh, Johnny Goudreau's got 13 power play points. Monahan's got 10. Matthews and Chuck's got 11. Elias Lindholm's got 13 power play points. Five goals there for him. Jeez. Yeah, Calgary's got got some nice players. Uh, defensively, they're not the best. Uh, TJ Brody's okay, but then again, Mark, Gi- Mark Giordano is a wily veteran, and he is having a hell of a year. Uh, TJ Brody is a plus 19. He's basically the Brodeen. He's the Brodeen of the uh, Calgary Flames. Kind of a stay-at-home defenseman who's very solid, and, and he'll attack in a couple points here and there. But uh, Giordano's their suitor, so to speak, and 14 points for him. He's not the Dumba, because he's only got three assists. Much more like Suter. Uh, there's no Dumba, really, on the Calgary Flames, which is nice. Uh, many years ago, you could have said Jan Vanuf was. Um, the 3M line, as they call it. Uh, <laughs> Mikhail, <laughs> Mikhail Backlund, Matthew Tachuk, and Monaghan. Very deadly uh, group. Uh, Goudreau with Lindholm has been fantastic as well. I don't know. I don't like the Wilds' chances against this team right now. But then again, it's not if I don't like the Wilds' chances necessarily. It's not like the Wild stink or anything. Uh, Calgary, again, four out of their last five. Six to one victory over Arizona. Four to three win over Dallas, or lost to Dallas. Four to one win against LA. Three to two win in Chicago. Nine to six over Columbus in Columbus. Calgary scored nine goals against the Columbus Blue Jackets before they played Minnesota a couple days later here. What the hell? Nine goals. So that's uh, pretty, that's really a spectacle there if you, if you can ask me. Again, it's not like I think the Wild stink. I just think Calgary's playing really good hockey right now. Uh, put it this way, if the Wild win this game, awesome. But right now, Calgary's the hot hand. It's not just their name, the Flames. They are flaming right now. They're on fire. Minnesota's kind of, you know, I hopefully we can get it back together. There's at least one of these games I think the Wild will win. I think the Wild have a beautiful chance of going 2-1 and one in this group. You, I think you have to go with Dubnik tonight and stay like tomorrow. As if you, I mean, obviously Dubnik is looked on as the the top guy, the, the Jack Morris, so to speak, the guy you'd put in Game 7 of the finals, obviously, duh. And, of course, the whole finals, Dubnik would be in that, you'd hope. Um, Dubnik is that guy, and I think he'll go against the Calgary Flames tonight, but I do think Calgary's going to win the game, unfortunately. Something that likes a 4-3, 5-3 type of game, uh, it's going to be high scoring. Minnesota's going to score some goals in this game. David Riddich has been a wonderful godsend for Calgary, obviously. Um emerged nicely. 2.39 goals against average. 8-2 record for David Riddich thus far this season. A nice emergence so far. Again, undrafted free agent. And he's, what, 26 years old as of August. 
again, he's one of those guys not really touted, not really uh, talked about a whole lot, but he's uh, stepped up and, well, was, uh, <laughs> you know, Dwayne Rollison, was he drafted? No. And many others. Backstrom wasn't drafted. So sometimes you just get a guy through free agency and they step up. Uh, he's from Czechoslovakia. Hilava, Czechoslovakia. Jalava, Czechoslovakia. So, again, strong uh, start to his season. Again, he's had some good seasons in the AHL. They didn't think too highly of him, but now he's stepping up, and Calgary is going to win the game 5-3, unfortunately. Most likely got to score for Minnesota tonight. I got. I think Jordan Greenway is going to score against the Calgary Flames tonight. I, I like the way Greenway's playing. I got a good vibe on it. And, of course, don't be surprised if it's Eric Stahl, but I'm going to go with Greenway. Let's, let's have some fun, and I do believe Greenway is going to find a way. It's going to be one of the young guys or we'll say even a coil type that's going to find the back of the net at the end of the day in this game against the Calgary Flames. Back-to-back situation, Alex Stalock will most likely face the Edmonton Oilers. He did face them earlier in the season. Um, Edmonton has one guy who's dominating and spectacular, but the rest of the club is just, you know, what they are. They're just two games above 500. They wouldn't make the playoffs. Uh, they're middle of the road in the goaltending because their goaltending is a little better this year. 26th in total uh, total goals for the season. That's not good. Their power play is 14th. Their penalty kill 24th. So kind of like uh, kind of like Calgary in terms of the penalty kill. You can beat them in the power play if, you, if you're lucky enough. And uh, unlike Calgary, Edmonton gets a ton more... Uh, uh, penalty minutes. Calgary was actually pretty, uh, was one of the top teams in uh, penalty minutes, only 7th in the league, so that's really good. 7th <laughs> in the league in total penalty minutes, uh, in uh, least penalty minutes, so to speak, so that's really good for them. Ooh, Edmonton recently beat St. Louis, so that's a big win, but they have won 4 of their last 5, so watch out. Another team that's won 4 of their last 5, and again, they have, you know, the LeBron James, the, the Kevin Durant, whatever you want to say of hockey, so to speak. Um, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins continues to play well. Last year, Ryan Nugent Hopkins started the season very strongly and dropped off very quickly. Uh, second line center, top line center. Well, second line is Connor McDavid, duh, uh, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Leon Dreisaitl, again, one of the one of the good, strong scoring wings who can set up other players as well. Second best player on the club. 30 points for him. 14 goals and 22, uh, 22 assists. Good for 36 total points for Connor McDavid. It's crazy how Johnny Goudreau is basically right there with him. So that's saying a lot about Johnny Goudreau. Um, again, quick drop-off, though, after that top three. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, lucky for him, has emerged better the last couple of years. Massive drop-off. Uh, Ten-point drop-off to Oscar Cliffbaum and then Alex Chiasen and all those others. Adam Larson. <laughs> to think Adam Larson, who only has eight assists on the year, and that's it, is seventh on the team in scoring. That's a sign that uh, Calgary... Uh, Edmonton does not put the puck between the uh, does not put the puck between the net there very often. Cam Talbot's been awful, but uh, Miko Koskinen definitely the goalie of the future. And if he uh, keeps keeps playing the way he's playing with a couple of shutouts on the year, well, Edmonton is going to get the, to the playoffs. Miko Koskinen, there's your goalie of the future, and he's been in the uh, you know he's been developing in the farm system the last couple of years. 2.23 goals against average, and he's been in the net lately, and he's been a lot better. I mean, look at the goals given up by Edmonton the past week. They had one lousy game against Dallas, a 4-1 loss on December the 3rd, but they shot out the Dallas Stars. That was, again, Koskinen. Two goals against the LA Kings, one goal against Vegas, and only two against St. Louis. So, strong. It's not even if you beat not-so-good teams, so to speak. It's the fact that, well, you're, you're winning all these games, and you're not giving up goals, because bad teams score goals. It, it just happens, and not all these teams are that awful. Obviously, Dallas has gotten better the past few weeks here, so they're kind of uh, back in the mix. 
unfortunately for Minnesota Wild fans. Kyle Brozniak, what the hell? 26 games, he's only managed three points. What the hell, man? That's not even, like, NHL-worthy. He should be in the AHL if he's... Uh, no production whatsoever. That's garbage. And I know it depends on who you're playing with, but... And look at Milan Lucic. Remember, just, like, two years ago, he was a pretty valuable player for Edmonton? Last year was not so great, and he had that annoying goal against Minnesota during that matinee last year, during the Christmas week or whatever, and I think it was the 26th or something of December. Five points in 28 games for Milan Lucic. Wow. What happened? Awful. I mean, like, nobody's scoring other than, again, their, their, their top guy, that, that big three there. So, Minnesota needs to win this game. I don't care if it's in Edmonton. I don't care if it's in if it's on the moon. Minnesota's got to win this game. Friday, the 7th of December. Back-to-back. Alex Dalek and Ed. Minnesota wins the hockey game. <sighs> Unfortunately, their goaltender, again, significantly better. That's what concerns me. If Well, if it's Cam Talbot, win the damn game. That's all i got to say. Just win the bleeping game. <laughs> Um, 3-2 to two win for Minnesota, the most likely guy to score in the game. I want to say Spurgeon like a million times over because it's in Edmonton, and oh, but it seems like it never happens. So, <laughs> I got a weird feeling like Charlie Coyle's going to find the net in this game. It was it's one of these two he's going to find the net. I think he's going to find the net against the Edmonton Oilers. I just got that vibe. Uh, Greenway's going to find the net against Calgary. Charlie Coyle will get his fifth goal of the season, if not his sixth, if he manages to score against Calgary. I guess the Edmonton Oilers, in my humble opinion. And, well, there you go. Connor McDavid will score in the game because he's just he's going to score many points against Minnesota for many years. But uh, Miko Koskinen, that's the one thing. It's going to be a lower-scoring game than it's been. A lot of games you saw with Edmonton in the past were higher-scoring, but uh, I don't know. They have, they have to tighten the things down a bit there in Edmonton because, uh, well, for one, they're not scoring. So you better, you better at least have some kind of goaltending, some kind of defense. In front of the goalie as well. Uh, Cam Tolbot is not the answer. And Miko Koskinen looks to be a, a bit of somewhat of an answer here. So good luck to the Edmonton Oilers in that sense. Just not uh, Friday night there. Let's go to the Montreal Canadiens here. Wrap things up. In the previous segment, Minnesota wins against Edmonton. Loses to Calgary. Uh, December the 11th, Tuesday. XL Energy Center. You need to win this game. Uh, Montreal 13-10. Fifth place in the Atlantic Division. They're kind of hovering around, hovering around in the wild card and all that. Kind of similar to, uh, I don't know who they're similar to. Maybe Calgary last year, and I guess they're similar to Edmonton in a lot of ways, where you got three guys that are doing most of the scoring. Though there's a couple guys. Uh, Brennan Gallagher, he does have 12 goals in the season, but no assists hardly. 18 total points there. Uh, Max Domi's excellent, 30 points on the year. He's leading the way. Uh, Jonathan Druin's having a really nice, strong season for Montreal. He's been a good uh, addition to the team. Since the uh, the deal a couple of years ago, uh, Thomas Tetar also eleven goals, eleven assists, kind of keeping things honest there. Scoring a few goals here and there, but they have no goaltending. And what has happened to Carey Price the last two three years? I do not understand. Uh, Montreal is just a little bit, just a little bit above average in the goals for. They're twelfth in the league, which isn't bad, of course. 25th in goals against, and this with a franchise goal in Carey Price. And I know he's been injured here and there. But not this year. Uh, Montreal does not score in the power play, but their penalty kill is 16th. Go figure. They do not score in the power play at all. Years ago, you saw a bit more of a power play in Montreal, but 29th in the league, 16th in the penalty kill, and they're middle of the road in the penalty kill and in penalty minutes, so to speak. But uh, basically, they don't score goals and they give up goals. That's about it. Um, well, they score a little bit. Okay, they scored some goals. I shouldn't say that. But uh, I don't get a vibe like the uh, chemistry is good there. 
Uh, you know, you, there's not a whole lot of assists. There's a lot of guys with, uh, I mean, as many goals or more goals than assists, which is, okay, that happens. But I don't know. I, I just don't get a good vibe with this team. It seems like it's been toxic there for years, like years. Like, they're, they're just, they're always struggling. It doesn't seem like there's a good vibe there. Uh, Mike Riley, the former Minnesota Wild defenseman, he gets a ton of ice time, and you will see him, but he doesn't do much. He's like a Nick Schultz out there. Five points in the 23 games he's been on the ice. He's missed a few. I'm sure he's been. Uh, I'm sure he's been. <laughs> I'm sure he's been scratched a couple of games because he's not that good. Um, sorry, Shea Weber's only gotten in four games this year. That's disappointing, and that's a shame. He's missed a, just a ton of time the last couple of years, and that's another reason why Montreal isn't so good. That trade must have been devastating for him. Um, Malcolm, uh, not Malcolm Sapon, but uh, P.K. Sapon, of course, one of the franchise players for Nashville, and he was one of the franchise players for Montreal in the past. You've got to win this game, boy. boy. You've got to win this game. Uh, Montreal has won two out of their last five. They lose to Boston on the 24th, 3-2 to two, to Carolina, who's an improving team on 27th. Beat the Rangers on the 1st of December, 5-2 to two, at home. Those are all home games, by the way. In fact, five-game homestand. You go 2-3, two, two and four, three. that's not good. Lose to the Sharks, not a huge surprise. Three to one. You beat Ottawa five to two. That's not a surprise at all because Ottawa's probably going to get the number one pick in the draft the way they're going. Um, they'll play Ottawa again, Chicago on the road, and then head to Minnesota on the eleventh. All I got to say about this game is win, baby. Just win. Four to two victory for Minnesota. I got to think uh, Minnesota's got to beat this team. If it's Dubnik and Net, Stalek and Net, whatever. I mean, both of their goalies are reliable enough, and both of uh, Montreal's goalies are not. I mean, Carey Price, again, did I go over this already? I don't remember, but literally three goals a game. Save percentage, 90. Only one shutout, which, okay, whatever. 9-8 and eight record. Uh, and then your backup is Antti Niemi, who's been all over the league, and I don't know. He's had some good games in the past, but he's generally not that good. Uh, he's pretty much an AHL guy. Almost four goals a game. Of course, under 90%. And he's magically been four and two because I guess Montreal's had some good scoring games in front of him, I suppose. Um, you got to beat this team. They don't have good goaltending. They don't have good chemistry. Uh, it just seems like a mess. They have a couple of talented players, though. That's the fear again. I mean, there are guys that can score in this club, but you got to beat them. And that's just all there is to it. Minnesota. We'll go for it. We'll... Let's go with a four to three victory. Over the Montreal Canadiens, maybe four to two. I mean, you hope Devin Dubnik can keep keep these uh, strong games in here. Let's go with four to two. Minnesota ends up winning the game, maybe an empty net or something like that. Granlund is going to find the back of the net against the Montreal Canadiens at the end of the day. And Minnesota, there's just no excuse. You got to score against this club. So with that, we will now <laughs> step in to some prospect conversation. As again, as always, we jump into the Iowa Wild. Again, not the best week. For the Iowa Wild, they're still in first place in their division, though, which is great. They're definitely uh, on their way to the playoffs this year for the first time in their franchise history, at least since moving to uh, Iowa from Houston. Kyle O'Reilly continues to lead the club in scoring. It's been mostly minor league scoring. Uh, Mason Shaw didn't add a point this week. Hopefully that's not a trend. Uh, Luke Cunning, after being very quiet, had a couple points. The, added a couple points last night, which is great. A goal and an assist. He's now got seven goals, which is tied with Kyle Rowell for the team lead, so... That's nice. Uh, again, not setting a whole lot of players up. Though only five assists for Cunning on the season, and I think there's some there's some decent scores on this club. Uh, they're not the highest scoring team, though. I think their defense is better than their scoring. But uh, 
I don't know. You have pieces there. You think uh, Cunningham could add a couple more assists and get his point total up. That would be great. Sokolov didn't add anything. Sam Anas, after a you know, horrible start, picked it up big time the past few weeks. And then this past week, not a whole lot. But then again, Houston only, or Houston, I only played a couple games. Uh, Justin Kloos had it two points the other night as well. And he's only at nine points in the season. It's kind of sad and hard to believe that he's dropped off so far. But uh, again, Justin Kloos, one of the top players on the club last year, but again, missed quite a few games this year. That's uh, definitely something to talk about. Uh, Brennan Mendel added his eighth assist on the season. Of course, no points. Uh, Kapokokkanen, well, he's had a couple of losses lately, unfortunately. Well, yeah, uh, an overtime loss again. A couple of overtime losses, a regulation loss. Uh, that was at the beginning of his uh, AHL career. He's been giving up a few goals, but still has a sparkling G, uh, goals against average at 1.67. Still under two. Save percentage still 94, over 94%. And he's been the main guy in net lately. He's been the starting goalie for Iowa. It's not been Andrew Hammond. And Hammond's been hurt here and there. Uh, Hammond's missed time. And of course, that's part of it. But Kapokokkanen, it looks more and more like he's kind of the number one guy in the, in the AHL right now, which is kind of cool. Uh, Andrew Hammond. During the course of the season, he'd won games, but he's still given up almost three goals a game and a save percentage of only 91 at the AHL level. That's, I don't know. I think he's better than that, but uh, that's all you're getting so far, unfortunately. Looking at some of the other prospects this past week, I think a pretty quiet week, unfortunately, for most of the uh, the collegiate ranks and AHL, and or not AHL, like OHL and others. Um, so far, Jack McBain, only two points in the nine games he's played for Boston College, and that team is just terrible. Uh, it's too bad. Um, Boston College is usually one of the national powers in, in hockey, in, in the Hockey East and college hockey, and he's not been good. And his team hasn't been good, so not a good start to his collegiate career. Uh, Sam Hedges added his fifth goal of the season this past week for St. Cloud State. Finally got another point. He's now at seven on the year after a dazzling start. But, uh, okay, that's good. At least he's getting something going again. Sam Hedges again locally from New Brighton. Um, a seventh-round pick for Minnesota. Nick Sweeney, you always like to look at him on a Minnesota Duluth sophomore year for him, but he's kind of an old sophomore at 21. He's at nine points in the 14 games so far. Did not add another point this past week, unfortunately. Brandon Dilham, he did add his uh, he he did add a couple assists this past week. No goals, but that's good though. Now he's evened it out because <laughs> generally he'd been an assist guy, but no goals. Now he's been scoring goals and no assists, which is kind of like Cunning, I guess you could say. <laughs> he's at ten points. He picked up the pace a little bit for Providence in the collegiate ranks. Brandon Dilham, he was a fourth round pick in twenty sixteen. That's uh, always a good thing. Jack Sadick and the Gophers kind of struggling this season. He's at five points. He's still there, still where he was last week. A um, couple of overtime losses for the Gophers to Ohio State. At least they were in the game both times, and that's good. So the Gophers kind of hanging in there a little bit, but their their chances of making the NCAA tournament are very slim, and that's unfortunate. Obviously, you know I'm a Golden Gopher hockey fan, not not Minnesota Duluth, which, okay, they're, they're my second favorite college hockey team, but it's kind of a distant second because, I don't know, they they kind of beat the crap out of us. It would be like if the Flames, like when the Flames used to completely whoop the Wilds' ass all the time back in the early days. It used to drive me nuts, so... That was the short stand there when I didn't like the Flames a whole lot. And that's kind of where it, what it's like with Minnesota Duluth. But again, Nick Sweeney makes me want to like them very much because I'm very excited about Nick Sweeney's future with Minnesota long term. I think he's going to be a... I think he's got a chance to be a solid NHLer. Probably checking line type of guy though. He's not going to be a star. Like third... He looks like a third liner long term for Minnesota. Maybe fourth. 
Uh, but at least I think he's got NHL uh, potential. Uh, Philip Johansson doesn't score for anything ever, and that's unfortunate. That's just kind of is what that is. And I don't know it's tough. Those Euro leagues sometimes there's just no scoring at all, uh, unless you're one of the top type of guys. Uh, I'm excited about Alexander Ko- uh, Kovanov again. He was a guy that slipped to Minnesota because of the injury last year. Uh, third round pick, and he has been just wonderful. Uh, he has been wonderful. But again, in the in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, better than much better than last year at 19 goals versus only nine. In last season, 41 points already in 30 games. He is just eating up the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So, boy, hopefully Minnesota can get him uh, somewhere higher next year. Obviously, go ahead and dominate in the uh, juniors there. Go ahead and dominate in the Major Junior League there. But uh, hopefully at some point, very soon, we can get him to the AHL. And that would be just, oh, I mean, he, he's, uh, <laughs> I'm excited about this guy. Um, not many of the, uh, not many people around Minnesota talk about this guy yet. Again, he was talked about significantly right around the draft. Went right after the Wild took him, but since then it's been real quiet. But um, there's definitely potential there. Um, when you're able to see what you can see, if you, you feel good about it. Um, could end up being one of those fantastic third-round picks for the Minnesota Wild. That would be great, because the Wild haven't had a whole lot of good third-round picks in the past. <laughs> but uh, This could be one of those good ones, hopefully. Um, with that, really, I mean, with Kapokokkanen now at the AHL level, he used to be the goalie that I followed significantly when I looked into the uh, into the farm system and, and the Great Divide, all that, looking into the Minnesota Wild, uh, into the Euro Leagues and all that, their prospects. It was always Kapokokkanen, but now he's at the AHL, which is great. Hopefully some of these other guys can get there. Ivan Lodnia, of course, he's our top guy in the OHL, I would say, and he's, got a, he's averaging a point a game, like I've been saying in the past, nine goals. And 17 assists in the 25 games he has played. He's been pretty solid, but I don't know. It's the OHL. I, I'd like to see some production at the AHL level for at some point for Ivan Ladnia. It's not like the OHL sucks, but, well, the, the AHL is definitely a big step from that. And it'd be nice to see him uh, get somewhere with that at some point soon. With that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, some of these other guys, it's just kind of... Jacob Golden, he doesn't score much, of course, Ontario Hockey League, but he's, well, he, he added his seventh point this past week, which is good. And, you know, small sample size so far for some of these guys in the OHL. You can't really see a whole lot of action, necessarily. It's just, you just kind of hope for the best. And if you see high production at the OHL, then you, you got something there, probably, hopefully. And Dmitry Sokolov able to translate a significant amount of it to the NA, to the AHL, pardon me, and that's that's a great sign. And again, you constantly talk about conditioning this and that with Dmitry Sokolov, but I think he's coming around in his competitive nature. He he loves the game. He wants to be an NHL player, and I think you're seeing signs of it at the AHL level. As long as the poor guy can stay healthy, as he's missed eight games already for the Iowa Wild. That's the one thing. He's only been in, he's only played in 15 games, but again, the 11 total points, though five of them goals for him at the AHL level. So with that, we're going we're gonna to wrap up the show and pass out the contact details. want to thank Vince Germano for retweeting the show uh, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, the Twitter account. Give that a follow if you could. Thank you again, Vince Germano out of Australia for retweeting the show. Going to give a shout out to Gover Puck Live also. I had a conversation with him on uh, Twitter. I was noticing how, see, I subscribed to the show, Gover Puck Live, and Jupiter's the host. That's his nickname. He doesn't go with his uh, regular name. I, well, like me, I'm Paladino Joey, but I use my regular name as well, and it's fine, whichever way you want to do that. Um, for some strange reason, 
their show just stopped showing up in, in iTunes, but there it was in Google Podcasts, which is fine, so I, I can go that direction, but it'd be nice to have it available in both, and I'm sure that wasn't helping them very much, that it wasn't showing up in iTunes. And then it turns out, you know, I had a conversation with them and be like, you know, I love your show, but what's going on with the with the, the iTunes section? I give you shout-outs on Brave the Wild all the time. And then he's like, I'm not sure, but something isn't right here, huh? And then basically we had a conversation back and forth. Ultimately, it turned out, I, I discovered that uh, all of a sudden his shows didn't have dates on them anymore. And it's like, oh, that's what's going on. It was kind of like disturbing the feed and moving them down somewhere that nobody could see them, basically. So then somehow some, something he entered, all of a sudden the dates weren't showing up anymore. I don't know exactly how that worked, but that's what the problem was. He found it right away, and boom, everything's fine, and, and we're friends now. So now he actually knows me, which is great. Before that, he didn't really know me. I was just somebody who would tweet here and there, and, you know, just some random dude, basically. So now we know each other a little bit, and gave me a follow, and thank you again. Now, go for Puck Live, Jupiter. Great show, highly recommended. Big shout-out from me here on Brave the Wild. Um, happy to help him, and... uh Love the show. If you like Gopher Hockey, check it out. And if you don't, well, screw you, damn it. No. <laughs> oh, they need some fannies in the seats, though. You watch those games, and it's like, there's nobody there anymore, and it's sad. The good thing is most of those seats have been paid for. That's the good part. So the finances are there. The bad part is there's nobody there. Oh, it's so depressing. And stop hating on the Big Ten, okay? For those of you out there that are Gopher Hockey fans that are pissed off about the WCHA, you know what? I am too. I wish I wish it was the WCHA still. I wish we were still playing Minnesota Duluth and all them. Um, Wisconsin came with us at the very least. And you know what? We still played Ohio State. We still played Michigan, Michigan State on a, in non-conference games. It's not like we're playing against, you know, teams we've never heard of. So, and some of these teams have national championships up the yin-yang, even if it's not like last year. They have so many national championships. Michigan is the entire, Michigan has more national championships than any college team in the country. Even though, it, even though most of them came way back, like in Lou Nanny's day and before that. So what? It's still a national championship. Uh, Minnesota's got five, and you go ahead and say most of them were in the 70s. Well, sure, but at least we got two in the 2000s, and hopefully some more soon with Ma- Bob Motzkow. Wisconsin's got six, which is annoying because they happened to win in 2006 there. <laughs> but no, I mean, these are teams you would play in the NCAA tournament anyway, too. You know, should you make it, you might end up bumping into a team like this, regardless if they're in your conference or not. Just stop hating on the Big Ten and provide some energy for this uh, organization again. Hopefully this uh, college team, that would be great. And I'm guilty too, but my work schedule doesn't add up to me being able to go to games very often, unfortunately. That's the thing. I kind of have to do what I do here, basically. So that's kind of what that is, unfortunately. But um, So I'm as guilty as the rest of you, I guess. (laughs) Maybe I should just shut my mouth, right? (laughs) <laughs> but still, those of you that have time and love the team, hopefully, especially those of you that already own the tickets, go to the damn game. That's what I got to say about that. If you paid for the ticket, go to the freaking game, please. That would be great. Um, with that, well, again, contact details. The at Brave the Wild. Again, that's where we had a conversation with Gopher Puck Live. At Gopher Puck Live, if you want to give them a follow, which go ahead, do it. Jump on board. Just don't troll them if you're a Duluth fan or a, a freaking North Dakota fan. That's the one I, I... North Dakota and St. Cloud are the two teams I really don't like. But Sam Hench is at least... At least there's somebody from uh, Minnesota. Well, Minnesota. Somebody with the Minnesota Wild Ties in them. As it makes me care about them a little bit now. Uh, the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. And also I want to give a shout out to MNW players. 
Pavel Bonet and Merrick Skyba out of the Czech Republic, similar to David Redditch there, Czechoslovakia. Well, yeah, same part of the same part of the world there. Um, though, of course, those countries had their they they divided, so that gets kind of interesting. Huh? So I, I don't want to get political on that. I mean, obviously, that's up to them how they feel about all that. So um, David Redditch, though, nice success so far for Calgary. But no, big shout out to uh, Pavel Bunet and Merrick Skyba, MNW players. They cover the prospects like I do, and of course, the Minnesota Wild itself. Everything regarding the Minnesota Wild, they cover it, and it's a beautiful website, beautiful conversation. And of course, they have a Facebook page. Again, facebook.com forward slash MNW players. Shout out to Minnesota Wild Hardcore as well. Chance Costick, David Costick, Jim Maddell, Sarah Maddell, Chad Walski, and many others over there on that page. Great people that talk about the Minnesota Wild in-game threads fun conversation, very enjoyable and thank you again. You've got to love those little Minnesota Wild hardcore patches that they give out as well. Always want to thank them for the one I got uh, last season. Thank you very much. Uh, wonderful uh, wonderful page, wonderful Wild conversation. So that's my final shout out. Now I've given out quite a few here today. More more than normal. <laughs> Usually I give out one or two here and there, but today was like four or something. <laughs> uh, MNW players, though, I am a admin on that page. I uh, haven't been as active as I should be, and I apologize to Merrick and uh, uh, Pavel and Merrick there in the Czech Republic there. I apologize to you guys about that. Um, there's the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. Would be greatly appreciated. It's a three-minute limit, so just be uh, aware of that. There's the call now button on the Facebook page. Same goes to the same line, just goes through Facebook Messenger, so it's free for anybody anywhere. And the audio submission route is the high, most recommended, I think. Uh, use your free voice recording app on any smart device on the planet or Audacity on your laptop or desktop. You can use that, too, as long as you have a microphone. Treat it like a phone call or a segment to a show, whatever you, however you view it. Save it and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. All of this information will be in the show description, so you can copy and paste or whatever you like to do. And then it's very easy. I will then uh, convert the file to an MP3 via zamzar.com. Thank you again for that webpage for what they bring to, to my show. And that's pretty much it. I uh, want to thank all of you for joining the show. Please tell your friends about it if you could. And if you want to help, give a positive rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. would be greatly appreciated if you could give a nice, positive five-star review for the show. Say something nice about it. And even something you'd like to see improved, whatever it is, you're more than welcome to do that. God bless you. We'll talk to you next week. And go wild, go. 